4640 Middle School. How are you doing tonight? I am so excited to share with you guys today, okay? I'm just so excited about tonight. Worship is so much fun to me. And normally I'm up there playing keyboards like you guys know. I have been playing keyboards for Pastor Joe for a long time, okay? I started, how many guys are eighth graders right now going into freshman year? Freshman year, that's when I started playing keyboards for Pastor Joe, and I've been playing ever since. It has been a blast, but I love keyboards and I love piano, but my true musical love is this instrument right here. It's called the oboe. Yes, the oboe is amazing. This, her name's Violet, she's from France, okay? Her name's Violet if you wanna to talk to her. And I have been trying to figure out how to let Pastor Joe let me play oboe here, okay? I want to play oboe here because I love it so much. So I would ask him week after week, Pastor Joe, let me play, let me play oboe. It's gonna be cool. And he would say, no, no, no. And then he got so fed up with me, this is what he said. He said, Nick, if you can write a five-page essay, front and back, single-spaced, 10-point font, put it on my desk, and I agree with it, that says you should play oboe, I will let you play. So I went home and I pulled out my laptop and I got like a paragraph in and I couldn't come up with anything else <laughs> because I just wanted to, okay? So it wasn't going very well until I came up with a compromise. And that compromise is known as this instrument right here. It's the electric oboe. Uh, it's not really called the electric oboe. Oh, there goes the mouthpiece, that's gross. I'll still play it for you guys. Uh, if I can get the mouthpiece back, I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's called the electric oboe. Uh, it's not really called that, it's called the electronic wind instrument. But I call it my electric oboe because what happens is I play it like an oboe and it makes these awesome sounds. So to help me out, Jeremy's gonna show you guys some of the cool sounds this thing can do. We good? Let's do it. a pretty great solution and that is so much fun you guys see me rocking it out on God's great dance floor that's what that is now you know and I love God's great dance floor because that song is a blast right we go nuts on that song but what I want to talk about tonight is what about those songs that we don't go nuts on what about those times in worship when we're bored because I'll admit I get bored in worship it happens and I, I haven't ever known how to talk about it. So tonight, I wanna talk about real talk, what happens when worship gets boring. And I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to tell you God's mad at you. I'm here to tell you what happened to me, my story, why worship was boring for me and what we can do about it together, okay? So for me, if you asked me why I thought worship was boring, this is what I would say. I would say, well, I don't like this song, or I don't know the words, or I'm tired, or I don't feel like it. These are my excuses that I would come up with, and these are excuses that I've heard from other people too. And if you've been in this room any amount of time, you know none of those are true. 
If you've been in this room any amount of time, you know that God's presence fills this room up. You know that the Holy Spirit will invade this room. If you went to O2, you know that God is good. Yeah. And you've tasted it. So why do we let these excuses make worship boring? I believe there's a deeper reason than these excuses, and I wanna call it out tonight, okay? I wanna talk about the real reason why worship gets boring, and to do that, I wanna talk about that word itself, okay? And I'm gonna need a little help from my oboe. So this is my oboe, and to play the oboe, you need to read, so here's my read, and the reeds vibrate, that's what they do. It'll even vibrate with no oboe, it sounds like this. It's not the greatest sound in the world, but when you put it on the oboe, you get something really cool. Do you guys want to hear it? Yeah. All right, let's start with something familiar. You guys know that one? You guys want to hear a crazy one? All right, y'all got about to hear some oboe right now. people talking about the other instruments, the oboe is the cool instrument, okay? So what happens when I play the oboe is the reed vibrates and it goes through the instrument. And there's a hole the whole way through the instrument. I can see you guys on the other side. And that hole is called the bore. And the word bore is used when you cut a hole in a piece of wood. The oboe is made out of wood, so the hole is called a bore. Now today, if we want to make a bore in a piece of wood, we can just use a drill, right? You can just get a drill out and, and chop a hole in a piece of wood. But back in the day, if you wanted to make a hole in a piece of wood, it was a little more complicated, okay? I'm gonna have Pastor Will come and show you guys what it looks like to make a hole in a piece of wood. You ready? Yeah. Is your clarinet going to be okay? Yeah. Okay, cool. Good. Oboe, sorry. <laughs> so, you go around and around. Oh, you're not, doing, you're not going very far. Yeah, just, just give me a second. It's kind of slow and repetitive and boring. The word for this, it's called boring because he is making a bore. And so, when you are boring, it is slow and repetitive. So that's how we get the word today. Oh, that class is boring. Oh, that class is slow and repetitive, just like drilling a hole back in the day. I'm, I'm gonna let you keep, uh, keep boring there, okay? Are you sure? Yep. <laughs> so you guys, do you see how boring is boring? A slow, repetitive task. But what does this have to do with worship, okay? If we're gonna talk about worship, we have to talk about relationship. And we're talking about our relationship with God. See, God created each and every one of you guys for relationship with him. That's why you're on this planet, is to have a relationship with the Heavenly Father. He loves you so much and he created you for relationship. And the key to relationships is communication. 
And God communicates with us and we communicate with God in a bunch of different ways. We can pray and communicate with God. God can communicate with us through his word or we can communicate with God during worship. And worship is very, very important, okay? The Bible says in Psalm chapter 22, verse three, yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. See, Israel in the Old Testament was God's people. And the truth is, when you choose Jesus as the Lord of your life, you become one of his people. So the truth is, God's throne is made out of our worship. When we worship God, we're telling him he is on the throne in our life. He is the number one in our life. He is enthroned on our praises. But the enemy wants God off that throne. That's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants to knock God off that throne in our lives. And there's only so many ways he can do it because he cannot convince you that God doesn't deserve to be worshiped. You guys know God is good. You know God loves you. You know God is a loving God. So instead of the enemy trying to convince you that God isn't worthy of praise, he tries to convince you that your praises aren't worthy of God. He tries to convince you that, that you can't worship God because you're not good enough. That's his plan. And this is where it gets boring, okay? So if we're trying to communicate with God, that, is that still boring? Uh-huh. Yeah, pretty boring, huh? Would you have me continue? Should I let him go? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, look how far I got. You got like half an inch far. <laughs> like nowhere. Dude, I can't even barely fit my pinky in there. Yeah, okay, keep working. Okay, so anyway. If, I, if I'm gonna communicate with you guys with my oboe, it's, this is how it goes, right? But what if, uh, what if I wanna put some junk in there? <gasps> Say. You broke it. I didn't break it. Oh, it does that. Okay. Oh yeah, it does do that. It scared me. Violet, no. <clears throat> anyway, so say, Say you've had you know, a week and you've done some stuff wrong. Maybe you've been talking back to your parents. Maybe you've been lying. And so you take this and you just kind of jam it up in there and kind of push and make it go in there. Do you, do you think this is gonna go great? Let's, all right. Well, what, what, wait, what, what if you did something big? What if you like got in a fight at school or you like freaked out at your parents and you did something big and you just kind of like jammed it up in there. Do you guys, do you guys think I can communicate now? Does it work? No, it doesn't work because there's junk in it, right? And what the, oh, there's stuff in there. I can't put it back on the stand, okay. What the enemy wants to do is to take the bad things you've done and put them in between you and God. And this is what the enemy does. He hands you a drill and he says, all right, make a hole. Is that gonna work? It's just gonna jam the paper further up in there, right? So every week we come down for worship and we, and we wanna worship God and then the enemy says, oh wait, but you did that this week. Oh wait, you lied. Oh wait, you stood up to your parents. And maybe it's not even a big sin issue. Maybe the enemy's saying to you, 
have you really read your Bible enough to worship God this week? Have you really prayed enough to worship God this week? And he tries to jam this junk in between you and God and he hands you a drill and says, hey, you know what worship is all about? Boring a hole. Worship is boring. That's what the enemy tries to tell you because he wants you to sit there and drill away at those thoughts in your head. Oh, I've done this. Oh, I've done that. And by the time we make any progress, worship is over. That's what's really going on, isn't it? The truth is, going over your problems week after week, the same issue, that's not what God wants. And when God looks at you, that's not what he sees. He doesn't look at you and say, oh, there she is, she did that this week. He doesn't look at you and say, oh, he, oh he's been looking at that website, I, pff, I don't wanna talk to him. No, when God looks at you, he sees somebody that he created for relationship with him. When he looks at you, he sees his child that he loves with a complete and full and perfect love. That's what worship is all about. The Bible says in Romans chapter eight, now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The enemy wants to give sin its power back in your life, and he's not doing it obviously, he's doing it sneaky, and I say that it's gotta end tonight. I say that it's done tonight. The truth is when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he gets rid of it. He gets rid of it. There is nothing to bore through. Worship is not an act of boring. Worship is an act of love. We are putting God on the throne in our lives. The Bible says in Romans chapter six, we know that our sinful selves were crucified with Christ so sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. You guys are set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power, no power. Death has no power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin, but now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. That's right. That's the truth about worship. When you ask for forgiveness, sin loses its power. You are forgiven. Why are we letting these thoughts get in the way of worship? Why has worship become boring? Why do we listen to those voices in our heads? See, this is the trap of the enemy during worship, and the Bible even warns us about it. Romans chapter eight says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Holy Spirit. God doesn't want you dwelling on that sin. God doesn't want you thinking about that struggle. God wants you thinking about him. 
But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. The truth is when you confess your sins, you are forgiven. That's how it works. There's no room for junk between you and God. There's no reason to listen to that condemnation from the enemy. There is no reason to start boring. Just like that paper had no place in my oboe. Those thoughts and thought patterns of guilt and shame are straight from the enemy. You are not defined by your sin, you're defined by God and God loves you. God created you knowing that you would mess up, but he still created you and he still loves each and every one of you. When he looks at you, his heart jumps for joy. It's not when he looks at us, it's when he looks at you, his heart jumps for joy. The Bible says, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Amen. Neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can get in the way of the love that God has for you and he wants you to encounter it. He doesn't want you to stand there and be boring. Oh, I did this this week. He wants to encounter you every single day of your life. That's why God created you. Nothing can separate us from God's love. But maybe you're saying, well, maybe I'm not one of God's people. And the truth is, without Jesus, we all would be guilty. We all would be slaves to our sin. But God sent his son to die on the cross to set us free from that power. He died to set us free from the power of sin. And all you have to do to let Jesus be the Lord of your life is believe him, trust in him, and put him on that throne. Everybody, let's close our eyes. If that's you tonight, and you wanna make Jesus the Lord of your life for the first time, we're gonna pray a prayer. And if you have prayed this prayer before, we're all gonna say it for the benefit of the people that haven't. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for my sins. I believe you died on the cross and I believe you rose again. I want you to be the Lord of my life and my best friend. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, let's get rid of some garbage in our lives, you guys, all right? Let's all close our eyes and pray. Dear God, we come against anything that would get between us and you. We come against any sin. We come against any guilt and shame and thought pattern that would get us an inch away from your presence, Lord. We love you and we want to encounter you right now. God, our hearts are crying out to hear from you. Worship is not boring. Worship is what we were created to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Come on down for some worship, you guys. 
Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.